All right, Wayne Bettis here, the founder of the Off The Tools podcast. I just want to introduce you to our brand new sponsor, directplumbingsupplies.com. It is founded by a former tradesman who has set up his own plumbing and heating merchants. He has an online shop, which is obviously at directplumbingsupplies.com, and he delivers across the UK. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the show. There we go. Let's go on. Let's go. Let's have it. Right from London and Dunstable, coming right at you. On the same bat channel, same bat time, like clockwork, not an orange, but it's in orange, Wayne's World Wednesdays, Wayne Betes and the crew. Let's go. Come on. Hey. It's going to get more outrageous and more outrageous. Yeah. I, I, lo- I lost track when you started talking about clockwork and orange. I was like, where's he going? Where's he going? That's the excitement of a Wayne's World Wednesday. You just never know where it's going to go. Every episode is different, full of craziness as well and hopefully a bit of uh, helpful advice along the way <laughs> yes there will be a, a lot of entertainment and just a little bit of value yep <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is an interesting one we're one week into the lockdown i don't know about you but i don't know i'm not really feeling this whole lockdown thing what's changed for you wayne uh quite quite frankly nothing now it, it yeah. like locally it all feels the same you know apart from the pubs being closed and the hair hairdressers it pretty much feels the the traffic's still just as bad everywhere um you know i haven't seen we didn't have any anyone cancel you know we'd like last time we had a few few cancellations at the like the minute the um r- rules changed one thing i have noticed there how there was a slight drop in leads um like abnormal drop for this time of year um, so I don't know if people are uh, tightening their purse strings a little bit. We haven't had a drop in sales. We've still sailed loads, sold loads. But yeah, that's the only real sort of thing that I've noticed. So Yeah, cool. And I want to welcome our one and only guest on the Zoom because there's very shy. Uh, people <laughs> are shy today. But Chris, welcome. It would be great uh, if you could turn your, your camera on so we can see you and actually have like a face-to-face conversation. That's what I'm going to do in a minute. I've just dove out at Bath to uh, get on, so nobody wants to see that. So uh, <laughs> you, you have a lot of pretty girls on off the floor. <laughs> no, I don't mean to be politically incorrect, but um, no, okay, I won't even go there. Never mind. So, <laughs> move okay. on, move on. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, okay. Shit, so, we're live, we're live, quick. I'm going to ask some questions, uh, <laughs> ask some questions and uh, I'm going to start off uh, the conversation. Uh, let's talk a little bit about recruitment, Wayne. And yep. some... Some people in the group are a bit curious as to like, when is the right time to take on your first staff member, your engineer? When do you take on the right first person? So it's a balancing act. Sorry, I've just got one last place to post this just so we can make sure everyone that wants to see it is got a chance to see it. So just bear with me one second. Sorry, guys. And then I'll get back to answering that question. Uh, There we are. There it is. 
Marcus announcement. Um, right, yeah. So with regards to that question, really, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, the the only thing that that my my experience of experiences have told me, Hybex, um, is is quite simply that you shouldn't do it when you you when you're desperate for it <laughs> so this time of year when there's loads of work and you, you're manic and, you, and you're stacked out although technically like you might think logically it's the right time in my experience it certainly isn't because you make a rush hire uh you grab anybody that's available and you haven't really had any time to plan and and sort of onboard them correctly so i think the best time would be sort of summertime when you've got a little bit more extra time on your hands in the build up to the point where you want to employ someone, maybe start putting a bit of money to side just to, just to cover the, the first few maybe weeks or months, just to make sure that you have time to get across how you want that person to embed in your company. Uh, if you just drop them in, you know, they're going to do things wrong. They're going to, they're not going to know the processes of what you do. So you, you, you really have to buy yourself a window of, of time to really work with that person to get the best out of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And tell us like the first time that you employed your first person and how did that, what was your experience and what did you go through from a mindset and a organizational so, standpoint? First of all, it's very scary because when we go when we go self-employed or set up our first business, you know, most people it's them. It's it's just their family or like their their household that's on the line. The minute you take somebody else on, you have got that that responsibility of feeding someone else's family, uh, and that's how I I how how I looked at it, and it was quite nerve wracking and it's quite a big barrier to push through, but. At the time that the I knew I knew that the business was going well. I knew that the winter was coming, <laughs> um, and I knew that I needed them, them extra pair of hands. So I had to suck up a little bit of profit in that first first month, two months, so I could get them on board. You know, understand the software I was using at the time. This was the first time I employed someone was. God, it's got to be eight years ago now. It might even be longer than that. I, I lose track of the the, the, the years. Um, but yeah, it was really a, a, just a mental block that was that I that I had to just sort of push through. Um, and if you you've got to be confident that you can get the work, obviously, because you don't want to fulfill you don't want to fill someone else with with commitments that you can't keep there's no point employing someone just because you've got a busy week ahead of you you know because if they're giving something else up you you've got a you've got to have a little bit of like honor and 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 expectations have to be set with where you need to go um but yeah it's just, it's a nerve-wracking time so anyone else that is is maybe in that position now it's perfectly normal to be shitting yourself thinking ah is this the am i doing the right thing but as long as you've got, in my opinion, as long as you've got a bit of time you can spend with them, you've got a bit of money that can uh, back you up, you know, in case there are a few quiet patches as you, as you sort of grow into that new new business that you're building, then, then uh, yeah, it's... it's how much it's money, in. how much cash in the bank do you think, you know, a small business needs to just have as a safeguard to, like, feel more comfortable to employ... So it, now, if I if if I I would want a minimum of three months, 
that would cover their wages for three months. But that's not always practical, you know, um, for a small business, you know, three months wages is for somebody else is quite a lot of money. So I, you, you, you definitely want at, at least, at least two months, I think, because you, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. You just don't. Yeah. I'd say two to three months is, is a fair safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't got that, then you're sort of rolling the dice a little bit because you, 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 you you with somebody else's livelihood at the end of the day so just be careful mm-hmm. gotcha okay um welcome everyone i'm gonna welcome bex i'm gonna welcome sham i'm gonna welcome steven and Eton. there's a few people joining oh, we're getting a few people on now um, to everyone on facebook leave some questions we're monitoring the facebook feeds uh you can find the link to the zoom call as well in the uh, in the post somewhere and the off the tools event post you uh, have to you have to yeah search off the tools podcast mm-hmm. and then the link is in the description in the events page on there um if i don't know if carolina can post it on the, in a comment on the where i've shared it so i've shared it in plum chat and off the tools yeah cool. okay cool um okay so another question we want to address uh is okay ways to generate more work what can you do? You don't have enough work. You want more work. Where do you go? So, the first thing my, my advice would be is do the basics right first. So make sure that you're collecting your customers information so you can remarket to them via email, uh, text messages. Um, you, you don't, yeah, you can spend money. Of course you can spend money, but before you start to spend money, you want to be leveraging your existing clientele and your local contacts and stuff. So mate, that's the first step is, is, is really, really double down on getting more out of the current pot of clients you've got. It's, it's 10 times easier to sell to somebody that you've already done work for than it is to attract a new client. Obviously that has costs. Then you've got to build all that trust and and rapport. Obviously you do at some point need to do that. But before you do that, my opinion is that you need to be maximizing the the clientele that you've got. Um, And then obviously then you can start looking at, you know, uh, pay-per-click advertising, obviously that that's very popular if it's run right. Um, and, And that's very important that, I see a lot of negativity around it, but I, it, in my experience, it comes from lack of knowledge on how to how to make the most of it. Um, it's a totally different animal. It's, it's, it's a, a PPC client that you attract has to be treated in in a completely different way to someone that's just a recommendation or, or something like that. So be prepared that you're going to have to sort of change and adapt and, and look for more information around how you maximize leads like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, and you can't, sometimes you just can't beat some basic marketing, you know, just flyers, business cards, you know, if you're not doing them, then don't do anything else yet. You know, do that first. Get get your name out in the local area. Uh, a little bit harder at the moment. You can't go into cafes and leave cards and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's like a, a, a cheap, no, no frills way of starting to generate some more work. And it's quite possibly what most of us would have done when we first started. Mm-hmm. And and people get a bit, a bit 
rest on their laurels, I suppose, and 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 think that they don't necessarily have to go back to the basics when sometimes a little bit of a, a couple of steps back going over things that worked when you first started can really help. Absolutely. So I'd love to ask a question to uh, people on the call at the moment. We've got Eton, we've got Sham, you know, Bex, um, anybody wants to contribute. I'd love to hear, uh, sort of raise your hand. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Raise your hand if you'd like to respond to this. So what is, when you guys were starting out and it was a bit of a confusing time, what was one strategy that really helped to turn the tide for your business or really make an impact? What's like one thing that you implemented in your business that you can say, you know what, I did that and it just, that got results. It was just work for me. Bex, you wanna, you wanna, okay, yeah, I'll, you can unmute. And let's try to hi, hi. bring, let's go through, try to go through some answers you know, succinctly and quickly so we can just get a variety of responses. Thanks, Bex. Hi, hi. So obviously not in the same, like the plumbing and heating industry, but um, the one thing that a lot of my clients have said is that I'm completely bonkers and that's what drew them to me is the fact that I'm a little bit nuts. So it's personality um, that that made them a little bit, tr- like make, made me a bit more trustworthy with them um and word of mouth and from that word of mouth because it's been a bit of a cascade where at the beginning it was quite slow and then one person's told someone else someone else has told somebody else and then it the work has sort of come in for me awesome thank you um anyone else uh, Eton, yeah go for it uh so for me it was facebook groups uh, i did like some guerrilla marketing in facebook groups um, especially the mums groups, they were like really, really good to me. Um, and met mums. Yeah, <laughs> not saying that I, not saying that I was a predator amongst like single mums, but like uh, it was good because once you did one good job, then they would tell their friends, and and you would, it would there was a massive cascade effect. That and um, back when Checker Trade was Checker Trade before it became a home serve company, Checker Trade was good for me as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, and. Um, Okay, anyone else would like to contribute a little marketing tactic that sort of changed the game in their business a bit? I'll pipe in a little bit. Um, it's something that I haven't been doing lately, actually, and I'm I'm in the process of rebuilding it, but referral marketing. Um, basically, when I first started, <coughs> excuse me, I would... Um, any any work that I did for people like any boilers I would just I would just say to them look we'll give you a a love to shop voucher that's what I used at the time if you recommend us to somebody and we do a job for them I think it was 25 quid vouchers that I used to give out back then um and that really worked and and it's something that I knew I should I knew I should be doing it it's just like when you're busy you know life just gets in the way but I'm actually building something that is going to be really, really good. And I'm hoping to launch that in January for using referral marketing, because when you get a customer recommend you, you'll all know this in this industry, you know, you're, you're you're halfway there already. Um, so that's, that was really, that really sort of took me from sort of like five to 10, 20 boilers to sort of 40, 50 boilers a year, uh, because it was an encouragement for them to recommend us and it, and it, and it really worked well. Awesome. Thanks. I think Sham wants to 
say something? Raise yeah, just yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, just just guys, uh, what what you just said there is um, for me uh, it was answer your phone and turn up. <laughs> yep, and, and it li- literally uh-huh. as sim- simple as that, and and that's what 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 people want. Yeah, basically. Wow. Never thought of that one. <laughs> it's, it's basic but you're right do you know do you know yeah. how many trades people don't do it they don't exactly. answer the phone or they don't get back to somebody or they don't show up or at least tell people that they're not coming it's it's ridiculous and exactly and how easy is it to market the fact that you can answer your phone and turn up yeah yeah <laughs> it's just you know, yeah. it's just a couple of simple promises isn't it and um, that's it and, and as long as you stick to that, then then it is. It's very simple, and and it's strange because if you had that, if you had that level of like crapness in other industries or in other like, if you had a shop and you just never opened, or or you know one day you shut up three o'clock and turned the phone off and stuff, the shop wouldn't last, would it? But in, no. in the trades and construction industry, it seems to be a bit too easy for people to to muster up a living, so they sort of don't have mm. the respect for the business. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think we get away with stuff. And I was speaking to Francis earlier that we, we as tradespeople, we get away with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. because of the tarred brush um, and the stigma that's attached. We kind of get away with a lot of stuff because the customer's almost expecting us to be late, not really turn up, not answer yeah. our phone. And it's like, oh, well, you know, just waiting for the plumber. We might turn up yeah. tomorrow. I don't know who has a worse reputation, contractors, tradesmen or marketers. Especially American ones. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, every industry. Let's let's have a comment on that point because I think that every industry has got um, you know these similar issues in the sense you know it's trust, customer service. You know where if you're offering the same product, unless you've got a truly unique product that no one else has on the market. Um, and obviously, yeah, you can have great boiler installs, great service, a superior customer service. But I think it's that that knowing that you're there for someone is ultimately what's going to make people to buy. You know, knowing that you care, knowing that you answer the phone when you have a phone call or a question, that you're polite and you actually can put yourself in the customer's shoes. You know, that sometimes purchasing these things can be stressful, especially people have bad, bad experiences. And, and I know that, you know, one of my big learnings in my business at the moment, having worked with a whole bunch of, of clients now is yes, we get results for our clients, but it's not just that. It's actually, you're there for us. You know, you care about us. That is actually becoming a point of differentiator. And I've learned to really value that. And I think it's the same in, in trades businesses, if you care, if you genuinely care, and you also teach your teams, teach your staff to care on the phone. Like when you pick up the phone, what is the first, what's your mood when you pick up the phone? Is it like, hey, how you, you know, hello, hello, what's going on? Or is it, hello, this is XYZ company, happy to, you know, are you having a great day? How are you today? We're happy to serve you, answer any questions that you need. All of a sudden, you've got, you know, you're getting, you're warming up that client. So customer service, I think is really not. Too- I, I, yeah. It is as Sham and what, and what you just said, Francis it is, it's the whole customer service journey is 
the best way to 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 keep getting work because if you can if you can nail the basics you know like I, one thing that i always instill into into the, my lads is is it's the little things that matter Do you know the the customer doesn't see the two days hard graft you spent in the loft fitting the boiler what they notice is the five fag butts on their driveway like do you know do you know what i mean they all that hard work can be undone by a couple of stupid like small things um and as long as you do can can avoid the small things um and deliver on the basics then you you can make a lot of money in this industry and in any any trades industry really mm-hmm. okay we got a question from the group coming ian clark uh his question is the switch from a one man band to employer you touched on this earlier on and we talked about hiring your first employee but maybe this question has a different angle it's it's a uh, what is your advice when you're actually just transit you need to transition into you're working you are the business to actually building well, the the first thing is is you've got to, you've got to have a switch in your head that goes from having a job because if you're a sole trader then you're 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 doing a job you know in essence it might make better money than a paye job but it is still in essence a job but the minute you take that step and take somebody on you are then a business owner um director you know whatever you want to call it um so you've got to start acting like it i i i often speak to people that i work with on my programs that when you if you put yourself so if you're employing someone right and if you put yourself in their shoes you need to be you need to fill that person with confidence that the company that they're going to join is a proper out it's a proper business it's not just jack down the pub do you know what i mean it's it's a proper business you've got to present it as a proper business you've got to show them the systems and stuff that you're going to be utilizing so that they're sitting on the other side of that desk or other side of that bar or wherever you might be doing the interview on zoom now thinking this is a proper company that I'm coming to. This isn't a Mickey Mouse outfit. So I'm going it gives that level of respect to um to the whole the whole thing. And it, and it's and it's really is important. If you if you try and be Jack the lad and 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 one of the guys with them, you know, it's you're, you're always gonna have that that barrier of respect because you're you are their boss. So you've got to have that level of professionalism. And and if you've been self-employed for a while, you know you 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 maybe have lost that that professionalism that is important if you're going to be employing people. So I I would definitely say before you do anything, you need to make that shift in your mind that look, I when I take this person on, this is this is it. I'm I'm it's it's a proper business now, and I've got to treat it with the respect. You know, you've got to do everything that you're meant to do as a business owner. Yeah. And you're taking on the thing is that from an ethical standpoint, you know, if you don't have ethics and you don't have a stand in life, this is just my, my view on it. If you don't stand up for something in your business and you don't know why you're doing it and you don't have certain values in your business, you know that's going to reflect on the type of business that you create and ultimately the sex the success, the success <laughs> you can achieve right calm down francis <laughs> and you know when you're taking on a staff member you're responsible for 
that person, that person, that livelihood, your livelihood, uh, they're, they're, they have a family, they need to eat, you're, you're, you're creating employment and you're making a contribution. And if, if you don't want to take on that responsibility to grow your comp- company sustainably, I wouldn't take on any staff. If, if, if you see your company as a vehicle for yourself, then don't. But if you see it as you want to commit, you want to build a, contri- a contributing entity in the world that makes an impact, not just for yourself, but for other people, you're creating employment, you're serving other people, then yeah, you, you have a, a mindset sh- shift to make. Yeah, definitely. With great power comes great responsibility as Spider-Man once said. Edson's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, you, <laughs> Okay, um, wonder, we don't have any more questions. This could be a short call, but does anyone have a business challenge on the Zoom call they would like our collective brains to address or brainstorm? You can raise your hand, Thomas. Can I just make... Is Thomas, Thomas, did you I raise... I just want to say something on that, what you were talking about then. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, that's you, Thomas. Um, yeah, go uh, on. Just going back to what you were talking about then, if you're thinking about taking people on, like you, everything that you said, you've got to give them the confidence and portray yourself right and make sure the business is all set up but at the same time you've got to cover yourself you've got to um have a handbook created which is something i didn't have in the beginning to make them understand what their roles are and what's expected of them i.e you know look after the van dress presentably don't throw ciggy butts out and that kind of thing but the ciggy butts sort of thing is just general etiquette and just being a decent person but i had guys that were driving vans to damage the vans and their attitude was that's what you've got insurance for isn't it i said well no not, not at all and that's when i realized that my sort of human resources side of the business was horrendous because i was just too soft and all of a sudden you can ha- end up with a whole whole heap of crap um just by not having little things like a contract yes is one thing but a handbook is another thing and they have to adhere to it i had one guy that um really it was his, his business was taking people to court so like his bosses and he'd pushed them to the edge. And I found out these two previous employers were uh, taken to what we have, we have in Jersey, something called Jack Jacks, which is like a support group for people that are, might be getting sacked or like, you know, people getting zero contracts and they just fobbed off and that kind of thing. But he did it a lot to, to make money out of it. He was more invested in employment law than he was being a better plumber. Right. So eventually uh, when we attempted to sack him, he, we caught him fiddling his hours, but we caught him doing other things. But they, they said you have to focus on one thing, and I'd forgotten that he hadn't handed his contract in signed, completely forgotten. Everyone else had, and he hadn't his. So when it came to the tribunal and we had a bank to rights, he said, "Well, I don't have to adhere to your handbook because I never signed my contract." And I was like, "Ah!" So that's when I thought I'm going to throw him through the window. And luckily, my secretary, who has a lot of experience in employment, and she was HR somewhere for head of HR for years. She said, yeah, you're absolutely right, but you've got to give us back the 10 months wages that you had when you signed that, well, didn't sign that document. If you give us the 10 months wages back, then yeah, your argument stands. But I wouldn't have known that. But because she created this handbook, it, it, it sort of had him tied up. A lot of people are just too nice and don't have these things because it's admin. It's, it's off the tools and we don't think about it. So that's if you were thinking to take anybody on, you've got to give them a probation period for starters, make clear what kind of quality yeah. work you want 
and then have it written down in paper. This is what you've got to adhere to. Otherwise, people can tie you up in knots. And it doesn't matter how nice you are and how good you've been. Yeah. There's some kind of bloody loop, loop, loophole they get you. So that's the do that. <laughs> Whatever you yeah, do. Yeah, that that's do some that. sounds very, very, very good points there. Um, so where would where would you recommend people can get this information through through like a HR consultancy, some sort of person like that? Well, like I say, I was lucky because um, my sex, she, she was actually the head of HR at Jersey Airport for 17 years. So she she dealt with the state, which is our, our government, basically. So I was lucky in that respect. But there are there are people that um, there are people that do that. Um, I think I speak to the other day, Health and Safety Director, helping me do my risk assessments, my method statements and stuff. But he did say, and his name is Ryan. I'll, I'll copy. I'll, I'll tag him in this. Um, and he was really helpful and he said if they can help out with that, with that sort of thing or the HR stuff, but that's health and safety direct, but they, they have a, a porthole, which gives you access to all kinds of things like health and safety training, um, different documents for, for, you know, control of hazardous substances uh, to putting up a scaffold to a ladder, all things that your, your lads can access, or your lads and ladies can access. And um, there's no excuses then they, they haven't been given the training or you have done everything diligently to make sure that they are covered. On that point, I got I got stung a few years back. I um, funny enough, the guy used to be I was his apprentice for a very short period when we worked for a bigger firm. Anyway, long story short, he come and worked for me, um, and I basically didn't do any of that. And he had a couple of days off one time. Didn't really think much of it, you know. Just thought sicky, you know how it goes. And then when I sacked him, three months later, I got a letter from a solicitor saying he'd done his back in and and he was suing me. And I was like the hell anyway i like read through it all and in essence it basically was that he he had hurt his back taking the boiler off the wall um and i sort of like rang my my uh public liability insurance or employer liability insurance and i said like well you know that's just that's just like a hazard of the job we have to take boilers off and, and he was like well as long as you've got a risk assessment that shows how he should do it and i was like the geese has been in the industry 30 years like He's more experienced than me. And he was like, sorry. He said, we're going to have to just pay him. I was oh, like, no. what? You're not even going to try and fight it. And he was like, nope. He said, if you ain't got that bit of paper, do you know, bang, we just write the check. Uh, out he goes. And I was just like, That's oh it. my God, how like easy, obviously for someone that wants to, wants to maybe play the system and how dangerous that can be. Um, 100%. Like, yeah, that was a real eye opener. And uh, thankfully it was covered by my insurance, you know, and, and it, and, that got looked after um but it could have been it could have been a, a very sort of dangerous experience definitely and uh in it, yeah and i suppose too like like at that time it was just naivety i just i just didn't i just didn't think that you needed it's a fundamental part of the job so i just presumed and presumption sense, is the mother of all fuck ups yeah is yeah i just thought it was common sense if you're taking a boiler off you know you have to put your steps out you have to you know take it off one level pull it down and and, and it, yeah and uh that was uh, uh, could have been a very expensive lesson and and it sure did put my insurance premiums up for a few years so uh i would definitely say it's worth looking uh for somebody to help with that i, I don't know bex do you do you offer any sort of guidance on that side of things I don't personally because um, employment law HR is quite a um, it's a very dedicated ball game. 
Um, The one thing that I will say to anybody who is potentially looking at becoming an employer is um, there's a one, a a fantastic site called ACAS, A-C-A-S. They are the, um, well, the UK's most impartial advisors around employment law. I've used them myself because way, you know, all those years ago, nine years ago when I had my son, before I did, I actually got fired because I was pregnant, because I was on probation they turn around and says, oh, we don't need to, you know, you've got a replacement, permanent replacement. And that was my first inkling that my job was gone. Without the support of ACAS, I could have just been fired, end of conversation. They helped me go through a tribunal to be able to, well, because of my length of service, they went, you can have your job back or not. So that's literally it. So they will be able to advise both employees and employers about certain particular law. But there are um, there are different HR freelancers that do it just like I would do as a virtual assistant. They also offer that out. So you would only pay for the time that you use and the contracts. They'd be able to get all the contracts done for you, um, especially like things like furlough now. If you don't if nobody really knows what to do with that, then outsourced HR is available. Cool. Um can I Thank just can I just up. chip in quickly? Oh, I thought we was getting an episode without um, your big, so big face Sean... on it, Anne. <laughs> hey, mate. I love you really. You so, know I'm I really do. sorry. I'll be quiet. You carry on. No, no don't, don't be silly. Don't be okay. silly. I've got nothing to say. Um, so Shona, Shona, no, no, Shona's really good uh, for HR. So if anyone wants HR, Shona's really, really good. She did all our contracts again. Um, so in, in like, basically if like you, like you smash up the vans or or you like do stuff that you're not supposed to be doing or you know you take the piss then then you need a contract to cover you and shown is really really good she, uh, at that she's just redone all our contracts and again i'd like to second that um hs direct ryan was really good he did our portal and stuff so all the new starters they get like a million exams to do like heavy, like lifting ladders asbestos and all that kind of stuff so yeah they're, they're also really good too that's it Oh, can you guys post some links to these people that you're recommending if that's all right yeah Yeah? is that okay um cool okay what else have we got going on uh steven any updates on your your end by any chance love to hear from you normally we get to you last right not this time (laughs) hi guys hi uh, hi dan what you got yeah very well yeah, I, I did have a question, but I, I couldn't find find a way to word it when you put the post up initially. But uh, it's about changing subject a little bit. If that's all right, but I kind of I've been wondering how, as a sort of sole trader, you just pick up work when it, as and when it comes in. But has anyone kind of ever got to a point where they want to sort of specialise in a specific area? And how do you kind of navigate towards that while, you know, when you're kind of setting up, starting up, or even if you're established, I'm guessing. But so let's say that area perhaps might be renewables or specifically bathrooms, etc. How do you kind of pinpoint and navigate your business towards that whilst you're also trying to make a, a living and build up the tools, etc. and, and the, the market and all, all that kind of stuff that goes along with it? I'll chirp in first. I'm sure there's a few other people that will have some comments on this. But first of all, you've got to know what it is that you want to focus on. Yeah. So for me, I knew it was boilers. So I totally read 
done all of my marketing. I done all my website. So it was for I that the, anyone that landed on it could clearly see that is what I do. Do you know? Um, that is the first step, really, is one, understand what you want. So if you know it's renewables, you know, you've got to focus on creating the qualifications that you need. Go out and get all of them, of course. Then you've got to focus on the marketing that you're putting out there has to be dedicated to trying to generate customers that want that service. So we still get a few random people. My company is called yournewboiler.com, Right. And I still get old Doris down the road, ring me up to, can you fix my toilet? I'm like, how did you ring me? <laughs> like, how did that happen? Uh, so you can never eliminate it. But 95% of my inquiries are, guess what? For new boilers, because that's what I'm putting out there. That's what I focused on. I, I made everything link to that. So it attracts what I want. Um, if you're... If you're happy doing plumbing and heating, you know, that title's fine because it covers what plumbing and heating. If you just want to work on solar panels, for example, then you need to you need to make it obvious that that is what you are the specialist in. So one of the first stages I did is I started using the word specialist, boiler installation specialist, because then it gave me some sort of error of authority over the Joe Bloggs plumbing and heating that just had a boiler section on their website. Um, so you, yeah, so you really, really you've got to hone in on what it is that you want and then everything else has to play a part in creating that. So whether it be your, your van sign writing, the uniform that you wear, the marketing that you put out, even to the point of your emails and stuff like that, you know, if whatever section of the industry that you want, to generate work in everything has to be pointing out and back into the same direction i hope that helps i'm sure i'm sure some other people might have like some other views on that so i'd love to you've got to you've got to stick to like he says one thing if you've got i've got plumbing and heating on the side of the van and no mention of 24-hour call-out or anything, and I'll still get calls Saturdays and Sundays at all times, and they just and they, they keep calling the number as if, like, I'm not going to give in. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't offer that service. It's, oh, this is your yeah. plumber. Yeah, 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 but not 24-hour call-out. So, like you say, old Doris down the road, will they'll just keep trying and trying and trying, and especially if their friend has said, oh, he's a really nice person, and he, like, touched the pipe one day, so he must be able to do it. If you can just make it as clear as possible, then I think Line Wayne said you'll be a uh, that would make it easier but then maybe and the earlier you do it the better as well i think because if if i if i knew the old saying if i knew what i knew now like i spent years doing shit that i just didn't want to do for people i didn't want to do it and and it's like what a waste of like opportunity and time that i did obviously it's given me the lessons so it wasn't totally wasted but if you're starting out um, but then you've also, yeah, let's come back to, to Stephen's point there, actually, because you've got Stevie. to balance that with eating, haven't you? Do you know, and, and making enough money to survive. Um, and it is literally, it is a seesaw. You've got a, you, you know, you've got to put some pressure down in the areas that you want, but you can't go all in because if you, if you're, if that's your only income, you've still got to do other bits until you can build that other side up enough where it can compensate not doing the other things. Steve, is it is it is it renewables that you want to be in, or is that would you just use that as an example? 
As a bit of both, um, at the moment, I'm, it's such a varied, uh, each week can look so differently. Um, but yeah, I kind of would like to probably navigate in and renewables and more heating than, than fixing shower trays that keep breaking on you and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, so. the, the reason I say it is because, so over here, we've got a lot of companies um, that are fitting eco houses. So, you know, like frame form, uh, purpose built properties that are. Are, you know essentially meant to be energy efficient so obviously a heat pump and renewables lend themselves to those so wayne mentioned the other week that he uses flyers or he used to, to, to and and would post them to certain areas to to get that's the kind of work that he wanted so they might together and then just contacting you know eco build frame form type builders all right okay thanks Steve. nice okay thanks guys yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. So, um, David, do you want to ask a question? I think uh, we got something in the chat, but maybe you want to ask it um, live here on Facebook Live in front of the entire world. World. <laughs> David. Is he there? Guys, can you hear me? Hey. Hey, David. <laughs> How you Welcome doing, aboard. Right? How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yourselves? Yeah, good. Good. Um, yeah, it was just a quick one, really. Um, so my my biggest problem at the moment is, is uh, not saying no. So taking on too much work. Um, we've already got, um, we'll have a third engineer starting in a couple of weeks, but I still end up taking on all this extra work, ending up on the tools and then don't end, have enough time in the day to do any of the stuff I should be doing. How do you, how do you eventually... How do you stop yourself doing that? How do you get away from doing that? Do I just take the van away from myself? Is it the money you're chasing or is it the responsibility you feel you have to them clients? I think it's the the latter, mate, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not money driven. So it's not, it's not that. So that's a harder one to, to sort of get over. Um, But the best thing I ever did was commit, and focus all my attention on what I wanted, which was to be off the tools. So I got rid of my van. So I have basic hand tools. And if I, do you know, if, well, do you know, do you know at this point now, I probably wouldn't like, I even had my plumbers come in and do my radiator at my house. Cause I just yeah. not going to do it anymore. Um, but if you're, if you're a hundred percent sure that that's what you want, then you've got, a you've got a, like if if you ask my children what I do, one of them does it to annoy me. They'll say he's a plumber, and I'm like, no, I'm bloody not. Okay, because I'm not anymore because I don't do it anymore. And if you're willing to commit to that, you have to take yourself out of the equation because otherwise you're you're basically your own dummy. You're your own suver. Do you know if there's if the if there's problems happening? Do you know? Oh, okay, I'll have to go out and do it. And then that's just a vicious cycle. You'll keep doing it. You'll keep doing it. I've had to piss off customers because I won't go. Do you know, it'll be a Saturday and they're woken up and there's water on the floor. And it's like, I have no one available. Technically, I could have got in and got the basic tool bag that I've got in the back of me, me motor and I could have gone and sorted it. But then I'm just feeding the habit. I'm feeding that 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 trait that I didn't want to, I didn't want anymore. Um, so yeah, you've you've got to make that decision that, it's a hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? That is right. Yeah. Financially, if you've got a couple of lads out or ladies, do you know, financially, you're probably going to be okay to, to lose a few clients, 
but what that will gain you in the time and these this might be a bit harsh but the self-respect as well because if you're if you're if you want it's not a matter of it's right or wrong being on on or off the tools but if you want to be off the tools then you're not respecting your own wishes does that make sense yeah so you've yeah really it's like you've got to be brave enough i suppose is probably the word i'm trying to find to say that's it you know simple that is it i ain't going out you know and um and and then you've got to live by that though you can't just oh it's my old customer from down the road because that will lead to oh while you're there this the next door neighbor and then you know before you know it you're back out three days a week and the business isn't moving forward you're just going round and round in circles brilliant cheers mate hope that helps mate Oh, I think uh, someone else had their hand up. I just see a hand flutter. Thomas. It was me. Hello? Helen, who's that? It w- hey. Hello, it was me. It's actually a question for David because um, everything that you've, like, that we've just been talking about on that is as a person yourself in everyday life, are you someone that likes to give up control? If the answer to that question is no, that's something actually the main thing to work on. And I see it in um, a lot of my clients where it's sort of like, I really want you to do this. And then they don't give me anything because they don't want to give up that control themselves. It's like, can you check my emails for me? But then they will dictate how those emails should be checked. And actually there's an element of giving, having the faith that the people that you've got around you, your, your toolbox knows what it is that they are doing check in with them once in a while but having that faith to give up that little bit of control that most people who run a company are control freaks i'm a control freak and most of the people that i know are control freaks but having to give up that little bit of level of control and start small if tomorrow you say right do you know what i'm not going to do one job start small and build up so that by the end of the month end of the year you're a guy that's off the tools doing what you do best which is running a company and having minions Mm-hmm. I would also, I would like to speculate that business owners who delegate are also relatively good communicators, meaning that, you know, you, you hear stories that, uh, you know, you expect employee to just, you know, be another version or like a clone of yourself and do things and just imagine but no, you actually have to be clear in terms of what you want and the expectations that you have. And you need to be good at giving people direction because the employee, you know, the employer-employee relationship is really a two-way um, relationship. And if you're not good at giving people directions and making sure they understand what you do and you just assume they're going to do the job to your level of ability with your language with your quality and do everything your way the way you know they're not you and so that's really part and parcel about being a boss and running a company is actually you know nurturing your team and having the patience to train communicate clearly do more of what's working do less of what's not working and actually be there for you for your staff as well I would just like to add as well on on back to David, you you owe it to yourself as the business owner to to do what you want to do. Do you know, it's your business, okay? And if that's your desire to do whatever it might be, if it's off the tools or whatever, you know, you owe it to yourself to try and achieve that. And you're only holding yourself back 
So set yourself like as as uh, Beck said, set yourself some small targets. Like I don't know how often you are going out, but if you're going out every day, say to yourself, right, every Monday and, and Friday, come hell or high water, it ain't happening. Do you know, and, and 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 build yourself in. If it's just the odd job, but it seems to drag you back, do you know, then then it's a bit it's a shorter process to to eliminate. So yeah, you've just got to sort of look at it and and start making a progress on it, really. Okay. Uh Thomas, you have your hand is that your hand up or not? Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so it. kind of in, well connected to what David was was asking so I, I'm very much like David I don't do much well, anything on the tools occasionally if I'm just there and they want a hand I'll give them a hand but I drive around a lot um, and I had similar issues in like trusting people they're going to do it the way I wanted to be done so I went from 12 guys to 8 guys because I knew that 4 of them weren't doing it the way I wanted it to be done so now I've got the 8 guys and I'm like right you all know how I like things to be done but there's still that issue with communication and, and getting them all clear on what, on what I want them to do. So I think maybe for one thing that might help him is I was looking at service mate the other day off the back of Wayne's recommendation. And within that, you can, you can write down jobs for everybody, you know, and then everyone can see what you expect. You can upload pictures, etc. little checklists. So it's almost step-by-step guide on what you need to do, which will in part, I think, reduce phone calls and stuff. Um, but all of this eventually, I feel, my worry is it leads to a really well-run business. But then they kind of look at you and go, well, well what do you do then? <laughs> so do, do, do you incentivize them? Do, do, you, do you price a job and have a little bonus in there to keep them all happy? Because eventually it'll get to the point where they think, right, well, you, we know how you've made this ship now and we're going to make our own. Mm. You know? Uh, you know, that's kind of a question to Wayne. Do, do you? you I, I thought myself that you, you were just on your own, but then do you have how many staff do you have, and, and how do you keep them happy? <laughs> so, um, mine's fluctuated. So, years ago, I had lots of staff and fucked it all up. I had um, a showroom and stuff. Now, we have an office lady, uh, two installers, and an apprentice. Um, and one one thing that I found is that money isn't always the motivator. So it's you it's not you can't just always dangle a carrot of money at people to mm-hmm. keep them happy. Um one one of the guys he's got a young family, three children, you know. So if he finishes early, he gets to go home, you know, as long as the job's done and, and finished. Um and and another one, he loves the 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 What's, what's the word I'm looking for? The the plaudits of, of his results. Does that make sense? He's a really good okay. salesman. So I just make sure that I massage that, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I let him like, I build him up. I build him up constantly. Um, and yeah, just it, it's, it's about, I just treat people how I want to be treated. You know, obviously I have my bad days and I, and I, and I will snap at some times and then, you know, sh- it, uh, life isn't, I'm not that I'm not this perfect individual, but I always try to come back to like, if they, if there is a fuck up, right. I'll just, I'll, I won't go in shouting and, and disrespecting them. Do you know, we'll try and unearth the problem. Is it something that I, I always ask, you know, like, is there, is there something that I could have done to, to help that? Like we had an incident where we burnt a carpet and it was because he had run out of sticky, well, not because of he ran out of oh. sticky roll, but the excuse yeah. was that he didn't have any sticky roll so that he didn't 
prepare the job as well as he should have and stuff. So I sort of took the mistake from him and sort of like pull it on myself and said, well, look, do you know, next time I'm going to make sure that every month we've always got some in the garage. So if you're ever running low, um, so I, I always try to, to try, try not to blame, blame them for anything. I try to find the solution and, 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 and answer it all in one. Does that yeah, make sense? Exactly. It's, um, again, it's, it's preparation and making, making it clear what you expect. And sometimes I'll say the same thing. Oh, could I've, could I've prevented this from happening? Um, and that's why I think I like that service, mate. I've got a hold of, um, the lady, I can't remember her name now. So I'm going to speak to her next week. Hazel, that's it. Yeah. So I think that looks like fantastic, for, especially just to give them that sort of map of the in and out of a job and hopefully reduces, reduces the grief. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I like to, at the end of a job, if it's gone all right. And yesterday we had a drain test, which, you know, it should be a straightforward thing, but some people it isn't. And the boys, I know they've checked it three or four times throughout the job. Bang on, building control officer turned up, 10 minutes, just had a quick look. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. No hassle. Build is made up. So I was like, right, give them a couple hundred quid each. Thank you very much. So that, I know they'll be happy, but I do think to myself, eventually, I'm going to have to maybe change tact or give them more responsibility. But I am worried eventually I'll just be sort of sat there and it will just be, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I think I used the phrase last time that if I'm busy, I'm not doing what I do. I'm not doing things right. And and I really live by that because if I, it, it, the fact that they might think like people, I get comments all the time. Like, what do you do? You, you, you know, you're always just walking around with a dog or on a school run or, or whatever it might be. Mm. But that's not, it's not because I don't work. I work freaking hard, but I've put what I, it, I don't care what other people think is the point, you know? So if your team are thinking that you, you're not doing anything because you're doing a good job, you know, you've just got to emphasize the, the, the graft and the years that you've spent to build that machine that is doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And try not, try, try not to take it to heart. I know at first I used to like get a bit like smarmy with people. I used to be like, what do you mean I don't fucking work? Of course I would. Like I used to, it used to roll me up, like, because I'm at home a lot of the time and my van's there and, you know, like the neighbours, even the neighbours, the lady across the road the other month literally asked me, do you actually work? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, love, whatever. Do you know, I've, I'm too long in the tooth now to even get rolled up by it. Um, yeah. But my family always make the comment as well. I think they do it to piss me off. <laughs> it, it's funny though, it's just the whole, the whole thing is like, like David said before, he's thinking about taking that step and you can take that step and you can master that step and then, oh, I've mastered that step and then you get some decent guys and then the next step is you're worrying about something else and you're worrying about something that you've, but basically that you're in this position because you've achieved something, you've, you've knocked over other, other fences. Yeah. There's always something. So you're never going to find that sort of the grass is greener type thing. Yeah. But, and, um, and I would be bored if I didn't have anything to do, do you know, you, you, it's just the, the, the further up you get, the bigger the problems, isn't it? It's, it's like the, the problems don't yeah. go away. The hard work doesn't have, doesn't go. It just means that you leverage, leverage things a little bit to, to ease the pressure systems. so you could cope with more. Yeah. It would be good. Uh, maybe this is a note to Wayne and uh, one of yeah, your, yeah. Um, training programs to chart like the different phases of growth of a trades business from sole trader all the way to hiring first engineers all the way to expansion and sort of listing out 
the different challenges and set of problems that you have when you go from each face to face, because maybe a lot of people, they don't see it as, as steps in a ladder with a completely different set of challenges. And the, the inclination is to want the result. Everybody wants the result, lots of money, more time, less work, better quality of life, peace of mind, right over there. But in order to get there, you inevitably have to go through, you can't skip a phase of business growth. There's no shortcut, right, to just jump it. And if you do, you're, it's going to shut, it's going to be a weakness on the, on the ladder, you know, and, and it could be the thing that pulls you back down. Yeah. And actually it's really comforting to see that you've got great. It's, it should give everybody a bit of peace, right? Just to actually recognize where they are in, in that, in the phases of growth and to know that you're not alone and you're not, encountering abnormal problems that no one else is. You're just in a certain phase of growth and you can recognize that that's where you are and you address the problems and challenges of that particular phase of growth so that you can graduate to the next phase of growth that will give you another set of problems as well. So I think that that's always very comforting to know sort of where you are and then you can plan to just you not jump the gun and not wish for things that are not realistic within the reality of your your certain situation. Anyone else? It's, uh, it's. I think Sean. Someone posted on on. If you look on your phone, Francis Sean Holmes had a question. I did text you on my phone. Yeah, I WhatsApped you. Oh, okay. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I don't know. Have you got time? Because it is nine o'clock. So yeah, let's do the last question here. Last, last one. Yeah. John Holmes, when things are really busy, how do you keep a handle on things? What systems or routines do you have in place? Go. So first thing is you need to be planning it, you know, for the, for, you need to plan your day out properly. Um, I'm sure Sean already knows that, but you've got to be doing it every single day. You know, uh, if you haven't got a plan and you haven't got a structure to your day, then you, you're going to be running around in circles constantly, um, getting in, still finding time for yourself. So you, you've probably all noticed like this week, for example, I've been out running every day. You know, we're really busy, you know, we, we've, I think we fitted six boilers seven boilers this week so we're, we're flat out obviously i've got my own coaching clients that i work with we've got all of this that we do but i still find time for myself when i know i need it so if you're sort of getting stressed out and and life sort of feels like it's it's coming in you've got to you've got to focus a bit of attention on yourself because it's all well and good just work 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 but you you are human and you and you need to make sure that that you give yourself some time, even if it, even if it's late at night or early in the morning, you know, you've got to get that bit of time and that bit of release out to, um, to yeah, to be able to, to get the best out of each day and, uh, systems and processes. I could talk about it for, for, for forever, but you need to be running things professionally. You need to be automating stuff where you can, you need to be, 
outsourcing stuff when you can you know if things are really busy there's people like bex you know she'd be more than happy for a new client well <laughs> i guess she's really busy but you know in general you know what i mean there's people out there um that can help with alleviating some of that pressure um so yeah that's that's a few things there for you sean if you're still on he was on facebook he weren't in the zoom so hopefully he's still watching but he's a good lad i love sean sounds good final words wayne bettis um i would say look after yourself um don't get don't just keep hustling do you know i know this time of year is busy and 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 especially with everything that's going on all the uncertainty if you've got a family it's even more so important that you that you're at your best performance in in not just work but when you're at home and and when you're around your kids if you've got children so yeah the, the best thing i can say is just if you take anything away from tonight is just find a little bit of time for yourself and then second your wife or get or, or partner or whatever it might be um happy keep happy really you know thanks everybody thanks wayne thanks everyone from joining us thanks facebook we want more people on the zoom same time next week wayne's world wednesdays 8 p.m on wednesdays have a great week thank you everyone see you all soon guys and girls I really hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I just wanted to pull it out there for anyone listening that I offer business coaching, but also life coaching. My life is centered around something called the three B's, which stands for body, business and balance. When you work with me as a coach, we tackle all three aspects of life. So you as an individual, body, mindset, health, fitness, knowledge, education. Business B obviously stands for your business, improving, maximizing opportunities, elevating, making more money. And balance stands for your for friends, family, loved ones, you know, making time for everything in your life. And the free Bs is the core element to that. If you'd like to learn more, I would ask you to reach out to me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you might be consuming my information. Um, or you can email me directly at wayne at offthetools.co.uk. I'm here waiting to assist you to elevate across all aspects of life. Have a good one. No excuses. Let's go.